evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. We've got a great show for you this evening. Do you know how spirituality and business can work together? I've always wondered about that, having a long-term career in business, working in marketing and advertising. I always had a hankering to be able to do something spiritually with the companies I worked with. But I found most of them so toxic that it was it was really difficult. So I'm doing it through the guys guys route, <clears throat> trying to work more for the general good. Because the whole guys guys movement is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. But our guest this evening is spiritual teacher Alfred Ricci. He was also an international uh, businessman, a banker for ten years, and then he made a switch into uh, his new career, where he helps businesses. Uh, with their consciousness and spirituality. And we're going to bring him on in a few minutes. Uh, he's a mentee of Hans Christian King, uh, the noted psychic. And uh, I'm really interested in bringing Alfred on here. So let's talk about what's going on, first of all, in the whole Guys Guys world. Well, as you know, the whole Guys Guys movement started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. You can pick it up on Amazon or any of the e-tailers, the physical book or the e-book. It's about two men competing in advertising for love, sex, power, and money. And from there, we started Guys Guys Radio uh, 168 podcasts ago and going strong. And uh, we started out with relationships and dating guests. And now we've expanded the club, so to speak, where we talk to a lot of spiritual healers, a lot of people in the metaphysical areas, entertainers, writers, um, sports people. And uh, it's really growing. And it's all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. You can also catch uh, any podcast of Guys Guys Radio on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. All for free. You can download any of the podcasts. I also have a YouTube channel, Robert Manny Author, Twitter at Robert Manny. Give me a tweet. Facebook, Robert Manny Author, and my website where I write my syndicated blog on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness at Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. So let's get that advertising and commercial out of the way and talk about what's going on in the guys guys world well um it's raining today in new york city outside our guys guys radio studio up in harlem um and the weather is warm now today it went up to close to 60 degrees we've had these wild swings of weather this year a super mild winter and all of a sudden a week ago we got bang 26.7 inches of snow all in one 24-hour period and since then, it's just melted off. This is like a little over a week later, and now the temperatures are like up around 60, and they're supposed to stay warm for the next week or so. So I don't know what's going to happen with this winter, if we're going to get another cold snap, or we're going to get more snow or whatever, but it's really topsy-turvy as our weather has seems to have been over the past few years. And, you know, you got to think about the whole climate change thing, uh, because, I've never seen major swings in weather like we have now. And the, the, it actually feels somewhat tropical uh, where we get these warm breezes and stuff at all times during the year. It's, it's really bizarre. So keep track of that this week. And we've got Super Bowl 50 in uh, Santa Clara, California, Levi Stadium between the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. We'll see the new hot quarterback Cam Newton take on Peyton Manning might be his swan song should be a good game 
Um, Super Bowl's a real, a real uh, experience. I've been to two. I went to see the Dallas Cowboys play the Buffalo Bills in, at the uh, Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Michael Jackson was the halftime, uh, halftime entertainment. And it was uh, quite, a, quite a show, and it was uh, uh, quite a game, too. And then I had another one I went to for business. I went to Miami to see uh, John Elway's last game to see the Broncos play the Atlanta Falcons. I think around 90, I don't know, about 96, I think it was. But uh, it's a real experience. Uh, you don't just go to the football game. The whole couple of days leading up to it, there's all sorts of stuff going on in whatever this, the host city is. There's a thing called the NFL experience where you can go and do stuff like kick field goals and throw footballs through tires. And there's all types of merchandise that they're hawking. And all everybody does in town is talk about the football game and football. And football's really surpassed baseball, in my opinion, as the, you know, the national pastime. And, uh, and now you've got all of this uh, information on concussions coming to light. And it's a real... Uh, PR nightmare for the uh, National Football League. So we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, you would think they could make football uniforms out of a softer material or something more cushioning, whatever. But I guess, you know, the the players get bigger, faster and stronger. And uh, it seems to be a more and more violent game. Um, they're going to have to do something because uh, the amount of injuries I I'm in a fantasy football league and every year there's more and more and more and more of the great players get injured. It's just part of the game now. And after a while, now they have the concussion protocol. But now, uh, you know, players are getting hit in the head and they have to sit out a game or two. And it's just, it's really, it's like mortal combat in there. And I guess that's what America likes. Elsewhere, uh, real quick, in Iowa, we had the Iowa caucuses. And uh, it's just a circus. I, You know, there's such a... Uh, you know, there's such a scramble going on with uh, these uh, elections. I've never seen so much interest in it where you've got this wild group of Republicans that are very neocon right wing. And then you've got Hillary and Bernie Sanders on the other side. And it's a really stark difference uh, on paper between the two parties. Although if you look at Hillary's record, she's kind of a Republican in a lot of her stands. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and that, the whole thing with Donald Trump in there makes it really a wild, woolly battle. Um, not sure how that's going to shake out. Uh, it's a little bit scary. Meanwhile, the president, Obama, he's been kind of quiet throughout the whole thing. I think today he went to a mosque. He met with some Muslim leaders at a mosque. It's the first time he's done so in his eight years, seven plus years in office. So we'll see. In New York City, the latest thing is, and this is very troubling, is subway slashing. There's I've been about seven slashings in the, since the beginning of the year, I think, where people just indiscriminately go up to somebody and cut them in the face. It's crazy. Now, I've never really been afraid. I'm very self-aware, and I've maybe one or two times where I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, this, I've ridden the subway a billion times, and it's it's relatively safe. But you have to be aware and you don't want to get into any squabbles on the subway. There's nothing's worth it. The seat isn't worth it, whatever. You just kind of be always on the defensive, always like try to give the other person a chance to sit or have room or whatever. It's not worth getting upset because uh, you're in a confined place and tempers can flare and people can snap. And you never know with strangers. And if you look at the pictures they have in the paper, the people who were you know, accused have got caught on camera, accused of slashing. They look like you're, you know, just a ver another person. 
on the train. But you've got to be careful and you just got to watch out. But you don't want to live in fear because fear attracts fear. And we have these choices we have to make every day. Love or fear, love or fear, love or fear. But it seems like with all this energy coming in this year, particularly that recently, particularly today, I've noticed that it seems like another energy is coming in. I'll ask Alfred about it, that kind of scrambling things up. And, um, you know, it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder about how we deal with frequency and energy, because it seems like, you know, we read so much. And I've interviewed so many guests and read so many books now because I try to read everybody's uh, work about connecting with spirit and connecting with angels and and the ones that I am drawn to the writings and the teachings are ones where you don't just give it up to the angels or give everything over completely that it's more about claiming your worth uh and because I think and I want to ask Alfred about this it seems like you can get your energy sucked out. Now, they could be, you know, I'm sure the angels are benevolent, but it just seems like, you know, you have to keep your energy. It's all about the real teachers don't give you the solution. They tell you that you have it, and it's about claiming our worth and calling upon ourselves to address our issues and to manifest things, etc. not giving everything over. Now, it's okay to sacrifice the small self, but that's to be able to be in a position to claim your higher self and let your divinity come into your life. So uh, just a couple of thoughts to start off the discussion when we get Alfred out here. But let's talk a little bit about my guest and then um, then we'll bring him right on. Uh, Alfred has uh, always been led to experience miracles beyond his understanding. Alfred Ricci came from living in shelters and group homes to earning a graduate degree. He worked in 22 countries as an international banker, and then guidance spoke to him directly to inform him it was time to let go of his career and search for a meeting. He's been uh, working with Hans Christian King, who is a well-known psychic and a wonderful person. He's been on the show, and I look forward to having him back. Very kind person also. Uh, while assisting Hans King with teaching intuitive development, Alfred began to help his own clients with relationships, family, spiritual growth, and the use of automatic writing, which I want to talk about, channeling and co-creation. After many years of teaching individuals how to work directly with spirits, Alfred's new focus is bringing the principles of spirit into organizations. He's good the seminars, executive coaching, and showing business owners how spiritual principles can achieve the bottom line results through creativity and having enlightened employees. And I really, I really applaud, I applaud him on this because I know it's not easy and we need more people like him to do this work. So let's bring my guest on right now, Alfred Ricci. Good evening, Alfred. Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, Let's start right at the beginning, because uh, to me, uh, what uh, my obvious question is: What was uh, what happened? What flipped the switch? What was the inciting incident, if you will, that took you from your business career and moved you to a different type of career that has some business application now, but was really more driven and guided by spirit? Well, it started when I was at the absolute peak of my career, uh, traveling around the world for one of the largest international banks and 
something inside my chest said, okay, it's time to resign and do something meaningful with your life. And I said, who are you and what is meaning? And it just kept haranguing me and harassing me saying, look, you need to listen. It's time to resign. Uh, You're going to go back and find meaning. And I kept with the same answer saying, who are you? And I still don't understand what this meaning thing is. I never went to church, never prayed, um, never had any spiritual aspect of my life. Uh, MBA, hardcore business, banking, and this thing inside my chest starts talking to me. So finally, after a year, when from talking to harassing to yelling at me, I said, fine, okay. I just <laughs> wow. literally handed in my resignation. They all looked at me sideways, and I'm like, look, I'm not even going to bother explaining. Gave away everything, moved back to California, and the other side coordinated me meeting Hans, where I started understanding what is meaning, what is spirit. That's mm-hmm. the short version. Okay, so ha- let me ask you something I had alluded to at the in my opening, um, where I, I've talked about something that uh, my wife actually brought it up to me about being careful that when we kind of give a lot of ourselves up, you know, we want to manifest things, we want to work with angels, we want to work with our guides. And it always seems, and she mentioned this, and I, I, I think she's right, is that we have to be the, the, the guides that really seem to be the most, I don't want to say authentic, it's the wrong word, but the ones that tell us to claim our worth seem to be, instead of giving our power over, seems to be the way to follow. So did that happen with you? And how did you manage that process when you were being talked to by spirit? Um, yeah, I understand. Everybody has their own version of this. I'll try to condense it down to what I believe. There's two steps. The first step is letting go. And in the letting go, it's not you are changing. Instead, you're letting go of that which you're not. You're letting go of ego, false perceptions. You're letting go of the past. You're you're letting go of things that are not who you truly are. Mm -hmm. You can surrender those things. And then the second step, is to say, okay, I believe I am connected. I believe I am uh, listening to guidance. And the more, the first step, the more you let go of false things about you, such as I need to climb the corporate ladder, I need to earn a lot of money, I need to have a title to be important, I need to keep up with the Joneses, those type of things. Let go of those. Some teachers call it the inner work, letting go of those things. The more you're able to be in tune, step number two, with the universe, with spirit, with your guidance. And this is the part where I completely agree with you. You're not giving up your life. You're listening to say, what is for me? What is the, what is the thing that I should do? What is the path should I that I should follow? Guidance the universe, as they did with me, can communicate with everyone. Everyone has angels. Everyone has guidance. And if anyone, everyone has the ability to stop and listen. And instead of asking your brain, ask the universe, what should I do in this situation? Should I choose this or choose that? 
But once you listen and the universe guides you and you're able to hear, it's up to you to do the work. So those are the mm-hmm. two steps. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Thank you. Um, let's 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 continue and go. We'll head towards business, but like before we get to business, I think a lot of people, including myself, want to hear about um, automatic writing and channeling as kind of I don't want to say initial steps, but important steps to start, start starting to working with spirit and working with your higher self. And I did my first automatic writing uh, last week, and I just. Uh, I read some passages and then I had a piece of paper and I just wrote whatever came to me. And it was like, am I just making this up? And I, before I knew it, I had about three pages and it was very conciliatory. It was very uh, much like loving what the, the words came out. It was about you're this, you're that. And it was like, I was like, I couldn't be writing this to myself. So I'm a, I'm a believer um, you know, I'm totally open, but that seemed to be a good first step in terms of automatic writing. Could you talk to us about how 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 uh, any of us can begin that process, why that process is important and kind of the steps we need to take to make it effective? So it's not just we're goofing on ourselves that we're actually we're actually uh, I'll say, quote unquote, channeling, for lack of a better word, spirit into the written word. Um, I'll be happy to give a quick high-level overview, a couple of pointers. The class that I actually take people through is six half hours, so a full three hours. Mm -hmm. So just for the heck of it, if it's something that you want to do a separate show on, and I'll walk you and your audience through just that subject over a half-hour, 45-minute period to go into it more detail, I'd be happy to. Okay, Okay. I'd love to. Um, But on a very quick basis, what's important is to prepare yourself to do the writing. What does that mean? It's not the writing. It is it is releasing your humanness and surrendering your humanness. Humanness means ego, thought, perception, opinion, trauma, as much as possible. To get yourself into a blank slate, to get yourself into a blank space, And if you can ask yourself, do I have anything to write? Do I have anything to say? And the answer is no, that you've surrendered thought, you've surrendered opinion to that point where I have nothing to write, where I have nothing to say, then you write. Because if the humanness, if there is no thought, there is no opinion, there is no judgment, Mm -hmm. and you start writing, then what you're writing is coming from the other side. God, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So the, the work is not the writing because when you're when you're functioning as spirit, when you're connected to spirit, everything should be effortless, flowing, high vibration. So the work that I take people through, why it takes so long is the preparation to make sure the mind that is as quiet as possible prior to beginning the process. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It was interesting. Once I kind of uh, I started writing, uh, I was going so fast that my hand actually hurt. And then I did about three pages and stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't go back and read it, but I was aware of what I was writing when I was writing it. But I actually had the same thought that you mentioned. It's like, I don't really have anything to say. So my mind chatter was not you know, getting in the way. And then I just started writing. 
And I didn't have like a particular question or this or that. I figured I got quite got myself in a quiet state. And um, and then I did a little bit of prayer and then I went into the writing and I really had nothing on my mind. So I guess I was uh, heading in the right direction. So sounds yeah, good. Sounds like it. Now, what can yeah, people expect? What can people expect, Alfred, when they do automatic writing? You know, what are the benefits of that and how often should they do it and for what? reasons can they do it? Automatic writing helps you form a relationship with those souls who are watching over you. What is a soul that watches over you? Everybody calls it something different, but it's all the same. An angel, a guide, spirit. Um, I have it in the first page of the automatic writing class. What is an angel? If anyone goes to any dictionary, somewhere in that dictionary under the word angel, it will say, Messenger of God. In any dictionary, which I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty obvious. There are souls who watch over us to give us messages. Automatic writing teaches you how to listen. Mm -hmm. So what are those messages? Those messages are turn left. Break up with that person. You want to meet this person. You want to buy this. You don't want to do that. It is go here. It is direction along your life path. What would take you off your life path? What would be, shall we say, give you a negative vibration? What would take you in the wrong direction? And on the same thing, if you listen, there are ways that they can communicate with you and tell you this is for you. This is a gift. This is a miracle. This is an opportunity. Uh, This is positive. That's channeling and working with the other side in general. When you do automatic writing, those little bits of information become paragraphs, become pages, become life lessons. So it expands much more on why is this an opportunity? Why is this a life lesson? What is the hurdle that you're trying to get over? And in forming a relationship with your guidance, with angels, it doesn't become a one-way. Whenever you speak to someone, you don't just always listen. You can also communicate right. back, and it becomes, and once you've practiced it for a while, that's can a good become point. two-way mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. That's after you've been working it for a while. So the first step is to get to, is to be able to hear, to hear mm-hmm. the message that everyone can receive. Everyone has an angel. I believe it's like 70 or 80% of people around the world believe at least they have one angel. And if everyone has an angel, and every angel is there to provide a message, then what we're hoping is eventually this type of skill, the ability to hear those that are watching over you and providing messages becomes commonplace. How does the individual who is uh, beginning on this journey of automatic writing, if you will, uh, know how to differentiate between the small self slash ego and spirit in terms of what's incoming? Well, I actually just posted a, a meme, as well as a Facebook meme, a little mm-hmm. pretty picture with a quote on it, and it says, sure. spirituality 101, the very first step is every moment, every decision, Every time you're going to do something, say something, realize you have a choice in that moment. 
to follow your ego or to follow your soul, to follow spirit, and to be able to differentiate between the two, to be able to differentiate as you were talking about the energy and the vibration of Mm -hmm. the two, to be able to separate yourself and realize what your ego is telling you and what you're getting from your soul and spirit are actually two different types of communications. And you can start by saying, how does each feel? So it starts with realizing that your ego is not who you are. Your ego is something that's telling you something to keep you mm-hmm. safe so something doesn't happen again. The energy in general will feel lower, physical, heavy. That's how you start telling what is a communication from your ego. It actually has a vibration and an energy. A vibration from your higher self, from your soul, guidance from the angels will feel lighter, higher, more supportive, like a gentle wind behind your back. That's the very first step, is to be able to differentiate the two by how does it feel. And then you Mm -hmm. can say, okay, I can make a choice. I can choose at this point to follow what my ego is telling me or be calm and listen very quietly to what spirit is telling me. Because that's the first step is to be able to differentiate and consciously choose between those two. Now, do you find, Alfred, um, are there uh, better times than others uh, during the day? Like uh, It seems like you mentioned uh, being able to... uh, to do some of this receive information kind of on demand, to work with spirit on demand, do you find that the, do you set aside a, let me articulate this a little better, I'm sorry, uh, do you carve out certain times during the day or do you have a routine for this or how do you create your ongoing dialogue with spirit? That's question one, number one. And number two is that voice that was inside of you in your chest telling you what to do to make the career move. Are you still in contact with that exact spirit, if you will, the spirit, or do you hear, you know, is that, part, is that, that who you're dealing with all the time or who are you communicating with now? Well, Robert, first of all, I give you kudos. You know, you're doing something right. When you're trying to ask a question, you know, the question is inherently there and it takes a little while for your physical <laughs> self to bring the question into physical words. That's the way spirituality works in the beginning, is you just know something, but you're trying to bring it from the spiritual world, the energy, the feeling of spirituality, and trying to explain it in a human way. That is channeling. That is bringing something from the spiritual realm, which is based upon vibration and energy, and bringing it into physical, which is based upon words. So kudos to you, first of all. Following your inner soul. Doing my best. Um, So, yes, to answer your question, in the morning when you wake up is the best time to do the beginning practices, to go into a quiet place. Why? Because you're not worrying about what happened today. This person said that I have to run into this. Wake up 15 minutes earlier. Wake up a half hour earlier so you're not rushed. So you can say, okay, I got 15 minutes, a half hour to do my exercise. And I'm not going to worry, think, consider, um, bring humanness into it. You can do that after your practice. During your practice, you don't want to have to consider, think about anything, which is why I say first thing in the morning is great. 
mm-hmm. for the beginning practices. But what happens eventually, the more you practice, you go from a quiet, peaceful place to, okay, I'm going to practice in line when I'm at the store. I'm going to practice in line when I'm at the bank. Well, you've got people and noise around you. And the more you practice, the more eventually you get to the point of saying, ah, I need help, help me, please. And all hell is breaking loose. But you've done your practice. And when all, excuse me, all hell breaks loose, hopefully you've done enough practice that you can break through all the stress, get to a quiet place, and listen to guidance. So the, the practices that I take people through start at a very quiet place. Add noise, add stress to the point where there eventually, any time you need help, that you can do the practice regardless of what's going on around you. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. You know, it's interesting living in New York. I actually am conscious of uh, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, the very first thing I say to myself is I'm, I am aligned with truth. And that's how I start every day to kind of get me off on the right foot. And then I, I've been actually practicing uh, doing some of my affirmations. And uh, I keep on my iPhone all notes when I hear things, including things that Hans Christian King has suggested. And I read my notes on my iPhone in the subway. And I found that um, and kind of blessing the people on the subway uh, quietly. And um, you can do it. I mean, after a while, you know, it's interesting, Alfred, um, New York City, to me, it's a good spiritual place. Because if you can, as they say, as Sinatra said, if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. I mean, it, it, you know, it's easier to go up on a mountain or to the beach and feel connected. But if you can start doing that in a place like New York, um, you're really going to up your game. And I can tell you, I'll, I'll walk down the street and I'm five blocks from Central Park. When I step into Central Park, I can physically feel a difference in the energy. And I think that's because of just being mindful about, you know, doing the work as best I can and, you know, making sure I keep myself on the right path. And uh, so anyhow, just a thought there. So actually, you know, it's a very, very good thought. It's very, very, very important is in the olden days when somebody wanted to become spiritual, what did they do? In the Himalayas, climbed up and hid in a mountain, right. or they would hid, hide in a monastery. Why? There's no noise. There's no distraction. Exactly. What, what I like to say is bringing spirituality into the modern societies for those people who have a job, live in cities, have noise, have stress, uh, are bombarded by what I call Hollywood media, uh, you can't hide. How do you incorporate spirituality into things like a career? I need to make money, but how do I do that spirituality? So it's a very good point of how do you bring a spiritual life into the chaos of modern society? Well, let's use that as our segue into your, your work with uh, uh, coaching and uh, working with businesses, because I applaud you having a third year career in marketing and advertising. I always, I thought in a similar way that like I would love to set up a business working with companies and to try to help them either using hypnosis with a sales force to, to get their minds clear and to be able to uh, everybody be in kind of sync or work with the consciousness with companies. And that, but the, the, the companies I've worked for big fortune 100 companies, international companies, and it, <sighs> Wow. The, the, just by definition, a public company is not about humanity. 
It is about, it's not about people. It's about feeding the bottom line. As you know, if you, if you were a mm-hmm. banker, I mean, that's it. They don't care about people because the definition of a corporation has nothing to do with people or humanity. You know, some of the small companies do. And like I worked for a lot of different agencies, big agent, ad agencies, small agents, ad agencies, and then on the client side, managing brand management for big brands and stuff. And there is a difference with the ad agencies, uh, you know, there might be a little more humanity to it in some ways, but they don't produce anything except for the creative ideas. And they're, and they're under such siege from the clients now that it's the relationships have shifted from um, partnerships to abusive relationships. And it's all driven by metrics. So even even that part of business has has changed. But tell us about how you approach business understanding that by definition a public corporation is defined by basically feeding the bottom line and that is it people are just there because they need people that's it it's not about let's all do a good thing here unless you know there are some conscious companies but and there's going to there's going to be more but right now everybody's trying to earn a living and they don't care so I applaud you, and I want to hear your story about how you've managed to uh, make it happen. Well, first of all, thanks for the, the, the applause. You, you and I'm sure many other people who work in corporations understand the stress. And the way I like to start on a very high level is to say businesses have two ways to go about things. And by far, I think the majority of the businesses that you and I, uh, especially on the corporate level, have gone about things, the business culture, I like to define as Scrooge. If you mm-hmm. remember uh, Christmas Carol and Scrooge, how was Scrooge yeah. defined? He was defined as somebody who business came first, was uh, you know, very, very miserly, very worried about the bottom line. Did Scrooge do anything wrong is my question. No. Scrooge did what he was taught and the majority of us Exactly. Still, to this day, are taught to behave like Scrooge in business. But the question is, what happens to your employees? Okay, and it was quite obvious during the movie that people wanted to care, but they said, "We don't want to care about him. We're so unmotivated. We, you know, no one wants to put in the extra effort. Everybody's demotivated because of the way Scrooge or." Western corporations treat their people. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I, I'd like to say as to what we're taught in terms of any graduate, undergraduate financial aspect, he's doing what he was taught. The other side is spirituality. Is How much effort did Scrooge need to do to raise the motivation of his employees? Did he have to bankrupt the company? Did he have to give everything away? No. He had to care. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Caring? How how much how expensive is it to actually care? We'll get into what is caring in a minute. Care about your employees. For that little bit of investment, what do you get in return? Focusing on ROI, motivation. All of a sudden when Scrooge started caring about his employees his employees became motivated to go the extra mile. This is the difference in what I bring in. It's not at a nonprofit basis. It's not at an ethical basis. You're not just throwing money out the door. 
It's your actually investing in leadership, motivating, showing that you care about your employees in order to get your employees motivated about working for the company. Okay. So, 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 so they would, in other words, they, by having consciousness, the reason I'm asking you this is, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in a second, but it's, so if the company is being told, is being sold on, you know, consciousness will motivate your employees that ultimately, if you follow the, the breadcrumbs, it's going to be your bottom line is going to, when you have a more conscious company, you'll have better employees and you'll have a better bottom line. Now, to me, exactly. that's good because the business has to have an ROI, as you said. So they have to have a return on investment and bottom line. Yet, you're doing a good thing for them because they're behaving in a more conscious way. Exactly. And let's go to a, a hardcore example of what I bring into the advertising marketing department is creativity. Mm-hmm. If you teach spiritual principles of being calm, being mindful, being peaceful, doing the inner work, basic spiritual principles of what does it mean to be calm? What does it mean to med- um, meditate? Okay, like spirituality 101 type stuff. What can you get out of that investment? And uh, do you know any musicians or have you ever played an instrument? Yes. Yes and yes. Have you ever heard about the great masters who said, I just heard the music and wrote it down? Yes. Okay. That is information that can be channeled from the other side. So imagine you have a new client and they want a brand new advertising scheme for whatever it is that they're selling. Mm -hmm. If you teach mindfulness and meditation, you can actually teach the creative people how to channel ideas, advertisements, branding, yep. and get assistance Got it. Mm-hmm. from the other side. See, the, the thing that Hans Christian King taught me, spirit is there through all aspects of your life, mm-hmm. not just personal, but in work also. So if you say, everybody, hi, I could use some help. I have this assignment some famous company wants me to create an advertisement. I'm going to be peaceful now. Could you please help me create this advertisement? And all of a sudden, you go from working by yourself with your ego and what you know as an individual to asking the universe to help you create something. That is called Mm co-creation. And it all comes from the basis of the person being calm enough to be creative and working with the universe to create something new. And as yep. far as I know, that type of skill, you know, obviously isn't highly used, but there is a hardcore return on investment because just like the masters that wrote down music that didn't exist, you can create anything, co-create anything with assistance. And pretty much most of the great masters, even Michelangelo said, I looked at the piece of stone and realized there was a statue inside waiting to come out. Where did he see that? How did he see that? Because he was connected to his guidance. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I'll give you a modern-day example of that. Uh, 
if you do any reading about Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones, he 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 claims that uh, you know he's got an antenna and basically it's like incoming, and then he runs over, he goes wherever he is, and he gets his guitar or write it down, and he said, "I don't write any of these songs." Uh, yes. but oh, I, I'm, I'm, I know I know when they're coming in. Now he doesn't ask yeah. for them. I don't think. I think he's just wired his frequency. Uh, you know, he's a special person in a, in a lot of ways. He's certainly an anomaly. Um, but he said the music I have, I don't write these songs. They come in and I record them, and that's it. And that's exactly it. How much are Keith Richards' songs worth? What is the return on investment in him being quiet and listening? Exactly. That material that can come through with its marketing, advertising, writing songs, painting, sculpting, uh, I create classes. on, and, and I just sit there with a blank piece of paper and I say, okay, please give me the class. We now charge two, $300 per seat mm-hmm. per class. So the return on investment in teaching things like peacefulness and creativity, it's obvious to say... Would you like something original? And there's two ways to go about it. Coming full circle, people are individuals with their mind, with their limited intelligence, by themselves with their ego. Or would you like to tap into something higher? That's where, that's a specific example of how to bring the creativity, the assistance of spirit into the workplace. Now, how do you, uh, Alfred, uh, your approach when you're, if you don't mind my asking, your approach with these companies, I I would assume you have to have buy-in at the very top or it's not going to work because you've got to get people to pay attention. And usually that's done out of fear, not love. (laughs) So, you know, I know you teach also spirituality for your career, which I think is great. And I want to, I want the audience to know about that. But when you're approaching, just out of curiosity, when you're approaching a company, you know, I guess you have to start at the top and get buy-in at least at the top but you must get some hurdles that you have to come over. And I guess, I guess I'm answering my own question, which is it's got to always have ROI. So how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I have two approaches. The first approach is the obvious, like you said. It has to be somebody who's already applied spirituality to their personal life mm-hmm. and said, you know what? This is really cool stuff. I think this can help me run my business. I want a culture of cooperation, a culture of trust, a culture mm-hmm. of autonomy, a, a culture of egalitarianism, which is basically no fiefdoms, no politics, no stupidity. Everybody believes in the same values. Everybody treats each other with respect. That is someone who can adjust the culture of the organization uh, according to cooperation, sharing um, of ideas. That's the first mm-hmm. one, which is hard sell because there's it's hard to find somebody at the top who's willing to share and make a, shall we say in modern terms, risky judgment of trying to bring those principles in when by far the majority of the people who have climbed the corporate ladder probably won't agree with them. So yes, it has to be very high buying at the top. That's approach number one. Approach number two, I've actually had more success, is... Anybody listening at the team level, you're a team member or you're a team lead at the customer facing or product creation level, at the bottom level, and you as an individual, either whether you're a team member or a team lead, 
has said, you know what? I would like to bring cooperation. I would like to bring sharing, understanding, uh, respect, these principles into my team. We come in also at the bottom level because Mm -hmm. a team has a budget for training, employee training. And it doesn't have to be approved at the top. And I have a brochure to say, okay, if you would like a team training to bring these these principles so your team is more cohesive, your team is more trusting, Mm -hmm. your team is more efficient, more productive, you can actually have an ROI at the team level. And if enough teams talk about it, senior management, again, the guys at the top say, hey, what the heck is going on down there? Is there something that we would want to spread and support from the senior management perspective? But I've seen actually better results because you have little little blips, little lights, little sparks, and it shows that you actually can have positive results without massive investments like you'd have to have from the top. And then they can increase scope slightly and increase scope slightly more to support a senior management objective of saying, hmm, maybe we do want to consider rolling this out because mm-hmm. they've had, shall we say, little beta examples of it working from the bottom. So literally anybody who's listening to this podcast can spark or ignite bringing these principles into your organization by simply looking at a team budget and saying, do we have a training for something like this? Does that make you follow on that one? Makes perfect sense. Um, well, let, let's let's take this then to the next step, um, which is the with the individual. First, I just want to let everybody know it's Guys Guys Radio. Your host Robert Manny, our special guest, Alfred, spiritual teacher Alfred Ricci. So, um, and we're talking about spirituality and business. So, let's take it, Alfred, to the individual um, uh, managing somebody's career, um, and they want to integrate spirituality into it. Yet, you know, most people who are in their middle of their career, they and they've had some business experience. You you can't go into a company, you know, uh, outwardly espousing spirituality because you'll walk into a buzzsaw because people try to tear you down. So how do you how do you uh, coach people to know? Uh, you know, is it about career choice or is it about working in an organization? I'll give you give you an example. I had. I had 30 years in corporate experience and a lot of work in the beverage alcohol area. And I, I don't have any problem with that category as long as it's handled um, mindfully. And you know, people can enjoy a glass of wine and all that. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, it gets out of hand with some people and it's not right for them. Um, and over time, I'm seeing less and less interest in it. Yet, um, I've gone on this path with the whole Guys Guys brand. And it's, you know, I'm heading towards getting the switch flipped. I'm meeting more and more of the right people. Opportunities are coming my way now. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's been pushing the rock, if you will. Whereas, you know, I have a huge opportunity on the table for a new tequila company. And my thinking is, do I have to go left or I go right? I'm just saying I'm going both and just see where the chips fall. And as long as I'm mindful and spiritual and conscious about how I do business and how I treat other people, the right thing will happen for me and I'll be able to be in service in either instance. So I'm just using my example as typical of somebody who's saying, I want to be spiritual yet. I got to pay the bills and I want to have a job. And yet 
most of the products that are out there, like you go in the supermarket, nothing's good for you. All the pharma stuff has all side effects. We have a dysfunctional, crazy, upside down society. How does the individual has to make a living uh, and wants to make wants abundance because they're mindful and conscious? How do they deal with all of this when they're trying to pay their mortgage? Okay. Um, I'm going to circle back again and say it starts at the point whenever you're trying to make a decision. I'm going to use your example and say, okay, and every time you're trying to make a decision, it starts with a simple observation. My ego is telling me something, or I can be quiet and listen to the other side, okay? And the ability to take a step back and separate yourself from what you're trying to do. So if you can say, okay, I understand my ego is trying to tell me something, that my ego is trying to tell me there's, for example, a huge payoff, there's going to be a huge return on investment. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at the numbers, ego, immediately. Right. Put that aside, go into a quiet place and say, everybody, I would like to discuss with you, for example, the tequila business. How do you, all of those who guide me, feel? Is this tequila business on my path? Is this something that I should do? Give the question to them. Mm-hmm. Go back into a quiet space and wait for a response. Okay? So the first way the majority of us are taught is to mull it over, figure it out, push forward. Like you said, pushing a rock. Exactly. How does that feel? You described it as I'm pushing a rock. Well, look, yeah, the spiritual path, as you know, it's not, it's not as easy. You made the big switch, and no. I'm sure it wasn't easy at the beginning, right? Okay. But the difference is, once you tap into that, you have the difference is you become attuned into an army of supporters who's working mm-hmm. on your behalf. Basic yep, spirituality is I'm in ego, I'm cut off. I'm separate of because I'm in ego. I let go of ego, I become in tune with the army of angels and supporters and universe that are working on my behalf, guiding me to say, we're providing you an opportunity or, you know, what if you go in this direction? We don't think it's going to work out very well. We'd rather you let that one go and wait for the opportunity that we're creating that we believe is going to be better for you. So the belief, and it comes down to this, the belief is either I could do it on my own or I believe there's an army of people who love me unconditionally and are busting their butt on my behalf, and I better listen to them and coordinate with them. It's it. you, you Basically, that's the way to choose. And when you bump up something that says I'm trying to push a rock, step back. Listen to the other side. Do the basic meditations and say, for example, automatic writing. Okay? To say, uh, I'm giving to you guys. Please tell me what you think about the tequila. Guess what? What is your job when automatic writing? What did we talk about? It's learning to listen. Not in little yes or no's, but in paragraphs about what they would feel about that opportunity. The mm-hmm. trick, like I mentioned before, in automatic writing is letting go. Make sure that your ego does not follow you. Your ego is not writing. You're listening as clearly as possible. Again, that's why it takes three hours of specific coaching. We can Again, we, 
I'd be happy to walk you and your people through specifically how do you separate yourself from that noise? How do you mm-hmm. listen clearly? Yeah. But in a, in a step, you're asking them their opinion. What is best for me? What will they support? Are they supporting that? Did they create that opportunity that you should follow through and do the work? Okay, you mentioned all the way from the beginning. You're not surrendering it, but you've got to do some work for that. Or are they saying, saying, no, we believe there's a better opportunity for you to have a positive influence on the world. Wait and let that reveal itself. So then you start working with the universe. So I'm addressing what you were saying when you were introducing me. How does it fit into automatic writing? How does working and listening to the other side fit into opportunities for your career? And basically, by definition, the very last thing is, if you're working with the other side, no matter what they give you, there will be some way that it makes the world a better place. No, I understand completely. I think I misspoke when I mentioned the, you know, building the guys, guys brand is pushing a rock. It's just, it's, it's hard work. That doesn't mean that it's not the right path for me because the more Uh, I stick with it, things keep opening up. I think the rock is my self-imposed mental rock. It's not because I'm used to things working in a different way. Um, And this is new. It's, it's, it's new, but I, I feel I'm doing the right thing and I'm, I'm getting the word out for so many great people like yourself. And the brand and the movement continues to build and build. So I think I, I used the wrong word there. But, you know, oh, okay. if I use the word, I use the word. So uh, maybe I have to but, do a meditation on that. So, but thank yeah. you. But it's actually, it's clarifying uh, what you had mentioned way, way, way in the beginning. Is it's not surrendering. You have to do the work. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. The, yes, a miracle may show up. But the miracle may be the other side is saying, Robert, we'd like you to do this radio show. <laughs> Guess what? It's a lot of work. <laughs> yep. Well, how about for yourself, you know, for the benefit of our audience, Alfred, like you were a banker, an international banker. I'm sure you're doing really well. Ten years into it, you put in your resignation. Take me to two years later. Did you during that time say, what the heck am I doing? Or were you completely plugged in and saying, this is the right path for me. Everything's going to fall into place. I, you know, and did you just remove all those boulders and rocks out of the way so you were connected to source and you got the help and the opportunities you needed? You must have had, just as Jesus you know, had to see the burning bush, I'm sure you had your trials and tribulations and ego got in the way and you had your doubts and said, what the heck am I doing once or twice, right? I was scared. Scared <laughs> doesn't even come remotely close to how... <laughs> I thought my heart was going to pound out of my chest every single day because my ego was harassing me saying, have you lost your mind? Are you out of your freaking blocker? Uh, have you lost it? Are you, are you going insane? And saying, do you know what you gave up to follow some voice in your chest that isn't real? And everyone will go through that. The question is, what do you follow? Do you follow that inner knowing or do you give into the ego and uh, we, we had a, one of our, our members ask us a question like a month ago that says, when does the mind chatter stop? When does the ego stop yelling at you? <laughs> and uh, we laughed at them and said, when the body dissolves, Got when it. the body goes back to the earth, mm-hmm. then for every living person on earth, then it stops haranguing you. <laughs> so 
anyone, the great masters who are in your physical form, their mind will harass you. But to answer your question, I was so scared, I can't even tell you, but I followed what I believed to be true. I followed what was in my chest. And that's where I always come up to say, everybody has to choose what to follow. And that's what got me through the first few years was just faith and trust and belief, the fundamentals. Did you hear the voice in your chest after you made the decision to quit your job? It became or were you on quieter. your or did you feel on your own then? It, it became much quieter. And what I've noticed is if there's major events in your life, they will come in and help you with those major events. But the rest of the time you really have to work at it. And the way I like to explain that is, is what's the purpose of going to school if someone's giving you the answers? Mm -hmm. And this life, this incarnation for everyone is basically the same. We're all in here to have experiences. We're all in here to experience life in this physical realm. It is a school, more or less. We're all here to learn, to evolve. And so unless it's really, really important then you got to put in the effort just like you do at school, put in the effort to trust, put in the effort to learn, put in the effort to listen to professors, those who know more than you, those who are guiding you. And that's where the work came in. Was okay. For me, was the, the first few years was learning how to listen, learning mm-hmm. how to trust in detail, learning how to work with them. Okay, well, let's do this because we're running out of time. First of all, I'm going to take you up on your offer and I'll contact your people about having a show to do a, like an automatic writing seminar. I think that would be great. Secondly, I want to tell you that I think you're fantastic and I really applaud what you're doing because we need people having the same business background as you have. We need people to do what you're doing and it takes a lot of guts what you're doing and I wish you all the success in the world and I'm glad I'm getting the word out for you here. Uh, number three, if you could give uh, our audience uh, one bit of advice to get them started on the spiritual path, knowing that everybody has all these day-to-day needs, and it's very easy to fall into a reactive lifestyle. If you can get, if you give our listeners just one piece of advice to kind of tap you into consciousness, so you can get a clearer path to source, and then tell everybody where they can find more, uh, learn more about you, your website, your seminars, and your uh, coaching programs. Okay, one bit of advice. Put your ego on stage. Picture yourself in the audience. Realize the ego is not who you are. The voices in your head are not who you are. The more you're able to picture that ego up on stage, jumping up and down, screaming, yelling, whatever it does, realize it is separate of you. Who you are, you will find. It will be easier to find who you are once you realize You are separate of the ego. The more you separate yourself from the ego and put it on stage and watch it, then you realize you have a choice that it is not who you are. It is just voices in your head, ideas, beliefs, opinions that you've picked Mm -hmm. up along the way. In that separation, then you can begin to find yourself. And about who I am, uh, spirituality in your career. Uh, on the front page of HansKing.com, I'm in the beginning process of separating my, shall we say, business from Hans King, but right now I'm still a little attached to him. Front page of HansKing.com. 
I am having a spirituality and your career class the first week of March. Uh, so if you want four hours of how to do, bring spirituality into career, how to, the other side can guide you to a career of service of how you can make the world a better place, front page of HauntKing.com uh, for that class. Now, you also have your own website, though, right? I've been on it, yeah, AlfredRitchie.com. AlfredRitchie.com, it's very focused right now on my uh, business coaching. I eventually okay. get it out there in terms of all the different areas, uh, but they can always contact me through AlfredRitchie.com. Fantastic. Well, listen, Alfred, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm really glad we got connected, and uh, thank you, and also thank Hans and uh, Jennifer and uh, all your people, and uh, I'd love to have you back on again, and it's uh, been a real pleasure to speak with you, and uh, thank you. Robert, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for what you do trying to get the, the word out there. I know doing a show takes a lot of effort, uh, and that's what's important, is showing up and, and doing the work and sticking your neck out there and, and just being available and providing the opportunities for those who want to listen and those who want to do the work. So I applaud you also. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. All right, Alfred. So uh, we'll be in touch soon, and uh, all the best to you, and thanks once again. Thanks, Robert. So, folks, that's our show. I know we had a long one tonight, but it was well worth it, and I really enjoyed it. Alfred Ricci's been our guest. Check him out at alfredricci.com or hanschristianking.com, I believe. Um, next week, uh, we're getting close to Valentine's Day, so we're kind of going back to the whole Guys Guys Guide to Love Roots, and we're going to have Marnie Kinris, a uh, dating expert and relationship coach, is going to be on, and we're going to talk about all those challenges couples have and singles have when it comes to dealing with Valentine's Day, which is always a tricky one. So anyhow, thanks to my audience. I really appreciate it. I may have some good news about what where we're taking Guys Guys Radio in the next couple of weeks or so. I'm in talks with some folks and it could be a lot of fun. So we'll see what happens there. But in the meantime, uh, just remember that uh, do the best you possibly can. And uh, that when you think about it, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>